This is Pastor Chad. Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We are honored that you have joined us today. You can stay up to date with us at BethesdaChurch.tv or look us up on Facebook or Instagram. Now, let's jump in to today's message. Given this morning, Bethesda Church, how we doing? All right, we can work with that. Nine o'clock started out like that too, so I expect a little bit more. Y'all got some coffee in you, a little extra sleep, uh, so I'm excited. How many guys are thankful just to be in the house of God this morning? What a beautiful presence of God. Happy Palm Sunday to you guys. Um, as Pastor Jeremy alluded to just a second ago, um, you know, I'm really honored to have the role as a student pastor here at the church. And, and my role has actually expanded over the last year. So now I oversee um, from newborns to high school graduates. Um, so I get to be a part of all of our families from the time they're born to the time they leave. So it's a really cool opportunity. But uh, as Pastor Jeremy said, we've had nine students uh, filled with the Holy Spirit at our youth night on Wednesday in the past two weeks. Now, that's awesome. But I'll tell you what was even cooler. In between services, one of our dream team members grabbed me, my wife, and Pastor Jeremy, and we came right here, and she said, or the, the father came to me and said, Jeremy, my daughter will not quit shaking. The presence of God is on her so strong. Will you just pray for her? And I was like, yeah, Absolutely. So we started praying about it, and then all of a sudden I had some of my students come over, and we started praying for it. So let's make that 10 students got filled with the Holy Spirit in the last two weeks, and one happened right here. Come on, y'all can clap. Listen, I'm thankful for a generation of students that when the world says, let's make a satanic shoe, I got some students that are willing to say, I've got something not of this world that's coming out of me, that's gonna birth in the spirit something unseen and unheard of. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Give God praise for the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful. I'm just thankful. I've never seen anything like this before in my life. And I'm excited for what God's going to do because I'll tell you what, the Brownsville revival that happened so many years ago was birthed out of the youth ministry. So y'all best just watch out what will happen when these students get on fire for Jesus. I told the first service, I started thinking, well, that's cool. They lay hands on each other and they get filled in a church. What's going to happen when they lay hands on each other at school and while they're at practice? And what's going to happen when they get home and mom starts acting up and you got a 13-year-old praying in an unknown tongue in the back corner of the house? Oh, come on, y'all help me. Listen, What no eye has seen and what no ear has heard unto the Son of God, what God is going to do in his place. Come on. So I'm really excited about that. And it's just such a cool time. And and it's a real honor to be able to preach to you guys today. Today's Palm Sunday. So happy Palm Sunday, everybody. And uh, I'm thankful for that. We begin a holy week. Uh, You know, if you're not too familiar with the Christian faith, our whole... Uh, philosophy, our whole mainframe is built around this week. So great time to get plugged in. We've got 14 days of awesomeness between uh, today and Easter and online Good Friday and even a first Wednesday tucked in there and and baptism in, in two... Two weeks, yeah, two weeks. So um, I just want to say thank you guys for being here. Thank you to our pastors. Uh, pastor Chad is on assignment today, but Pastor Karen's here. Will you guys give it up for our wonderful pastors? Love you guys. Thank you for this opportunity. Well, today I, uh, I, I'm excited about this word. Y'all got to bear with me. I told him in the booth, y'all need to pump up the mic. I lost my voice and I sound like a 12-year-old again um, when I started shouting the first service. So y'all just got to bear with me. But um, the title of my message today is Blind Faith. Everybody say Blind Faith. 
And before we dive in, I need to set up some groundwork first, and we're going to look at Hebrews 11.1, which tells us and is the foundation for us to be able to understand what faith truly is. And this is what it says, that now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And we have to understand as believers, as Christians, that our whole lifestyle is based on faith. And the Bible tells us that we are saved by grace through faith and that without faith it is impossible to please God and that we live by faith and not by sight. And I really don't want to jump ahead of myself here, but I do want to say this, that uh, doubt is not the opposite of faith. Sight is. Now, it might be a little bold to say this, but faith is somewhat blind. Because if we can see it, it's not faith, it's sight. Because faith is when you close your eyes and you can visualize what is to come. You know, I see a lot of people confuse sight with vision, but vision and faith go hand in hand. So the topic today, blind faith. And and you're like, what does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to give you a few different scenarios. This is what blind faith may look like in your season right now. That you're sitting in the doctor's office wondering what the treatment plan is going to be, but believing God can heal you. Or you're wondering if you're going to sign the divorce papers while you're separated from your spouse, but knowing God can somehow restore it. Or... Uncle Sam, you know, it's about that time of year, starts calling and said, hey, I need more on your tax return, but you don't have enough money to, to run to the store to even get you some ramen noodles. Come on, somebody. So that, that's blind faith, all right? So today we're going to be looking at two different stories, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. And these two stories are parallel. It's such a cool, I, I love this uh, when God showed it to me. But they happen in the same city, and they have the same outcome. But there's hundreds of years that actually separate these two stories. So we're first going to start out in Mark 10, 46 through 52. And this is what it says. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling to you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. Now, I'm going to stop right here. That could be a sermon in and of itself. Aren't you thankful for an all-knowing God just to stop and be like, What do you need if you're calling on to me? So Jesus said, Go, your faith, or excuse me, Bartimaeus said uh, uh, he wanted to see, Rabbi, I want to see. And then Jesus said, go, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received a sign and followed Jesus along the road. And this is such an awesome story about where Jesus stops in the middle of his journey to be able to, to heal a beggar. And what inspires me most about this story, other than the healing, is the faith that Bartimaeus had. You know, he couldn't see anything, but, but he called out because he knew Jesus of Nazareth was close. And, you know, we don't know a lot about Bartimaeus. Don't know much context on him at this point. We really don't know how long he's been without sight or how he even ended up at Jericho. But what we do know is he's blind, he's a beggar, and he's just sitting at the side of the road. And we're told that Bartimaeus knows that Jesus is close by. Which means that somebody around him was talking about this man and his 12 disciples going around the land and preaching about this kingdom. Now this isn't, what I'm getting ready to tell you is scriptural, but I don't know this verbatim. This is just me thinking, so y'all bear with me. Um, But I would have this feeling that if people were talking about Jesus during this specific time in Mark chapter 10, 
towards the end of Mark chapter 10. They may be talking about this Jesus of Nazareth who in Mark chapter 1 casted out the demons out of the churches or healed Simon's mother-in-law. Or in Mark 5 that Jesus casted the legion out and then healed the woman with the issue of blood then raised the little girl back to life in the same chapter. Or how in Mark 6 that Jesus fed the 5,000. Really cool stuff when you study it out. Because something else really fascinating is by the time you get to Jesus in By the time Jesus got to Jericho in Mark 10, it was actually his last stop before entering Jerusalem, which happened today, Palm Sunday, the triumphant entry. Chapter 11 of Mark tells us it's the beginning of the Holy Week. But as I read this story, we're going to slow down for a second. If we read this story, I wonder how many of us are actually like Bartimaeus. We're sitting on the side of the road begging and needing a prayer answered. And though it may not be a visual impairment, Um, that needs healed. It may be a financial breakthrough that you may need, or it may be uh, a healing in your body, a stable job, a relationship, a friendship to to get mended. You got to consider where you're at in Barnabas. You got to put yourself in his shoes. But if I can be honest here, I think some of us have done the exact opposite of what Bartimaeus did. See, because Bartimaeus, when Jesus showed up, he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He shouted. He couldn't see, but he shouted because he knew the Messiah was close. But if I could be honest, I think we've done the exact opposite. I think Jesus shows up in the room. We just sit there with our religious arms crossed. We just sit there and we just wonder what's going on. And this may offend somebody. And if it does, I I apologize. Pastor Chad will be back next week. Um, But I think some people would rather be sick and get attention from it than get healed and walk in freedom. And honestly... I'm going to go a step further because I think some church folk get stuck in a side-of-the-road spirit. You know, just all miserable and mopey, Eeyore, woe is me. I don't like them people. I'm Tigger. If y'all never see me on a Sunday morning, I bounce around this place like crazy. But the thing is, oh, you know them church folk. Don't look at them. They're sitting next to you. But don't, don't look at them. I'm, not talk, I'm talking about the 9 o'clock. The, don't worry. I'm not talking about y'all. But the, the thing is, y'all know them people I'm talking about. Always just woe is me. You know, the crazy thing about church people is they'll come to church for years, decades, bound in sin, fearful, tormented, just completely struggling, and won't tell nobody and won't let anybody help them because of pride because they're just sitting there thinking they're fine. But then the one time somebody gets free and the one time somebody starts getting a breakthrough and they just start bouncing a little bit and they start putting their hands a little bit, you know, they start clapping a little bit louder or they start shouting a little bit more. You know, it's crazy. Them same religious people start to ask, why is she hollering like that? Why is he dancing around like that? Why is she running? She going to run into something. She needs to be careful. But you know, the crazy thing is though, excuse me if I offend you, but your religious bubble can't handle my praise. Because when Jesus shows up in the room, I'm not going to sit there like a religious Pharisee with my arms crossed. I'm going to get on my feet and praise God because I know the hell that I was going for until he took death, hell, and the grave. Come on, Easter's next week, but we could go ahead and celebrate the resurrection today. I'm not, listen, I may offend somebody with this and I'm going to go ahead and apologize, but I'm tired of religious folks sitting in church and missing a breakthrough because you're too cute and your hair's done 
son, and you're worried about who's going to see you. Excuse me, but I serve a God that says, I own a cattle on a thousand hills. If you want to break through, baby, it's yours. Just go ahead and take it. Come on, if you know what I'm talking about, why don't you give God about 10 seconds of praise right now? Oh, God, help my voice. So something else fascinating about Bartimaeus is his name and who his father was. Oh, God, that would be another sermon. Who's your daddy? <laughs> There's always one thing that I say that always comes back, and that was the one. I didn't even say that in the 9 o'clock. Can y'all cut that out? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But verse 46 tells us in Mark 10, uh, um, Mark 10 verse 46, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which actually means son of Timaeus. And when you Latinize from the Greek name here, uh, Timaeus, and it's derived from the root word Timaeo, it actually means to honor. So Bartimaeus was the son of honor. And I think one of the main reasons that Jesus stopped was because of the honor that Bartimaeus showed him. See, Bartimaeus spoke to the character and to the lineage, to the power and to the authority of the son of man. Something really fascinating when he studied this out, he said, Jesus, son of David. The Old Testament prophets prophesied that a Messiah was coming to save us, but it would come out of the lineage of David. So the crazy thing is, though, even though he didn't see Jesus, he knew who he was and what lineage he came from. Here's the thing, though. I believe that the honor Bartimaeus showed Jesus is what got Jesus' attention, but it was Bartimaeus' faith that made him well. Because here's the thing, honor attracts blessings. Honor is the currency of the kingdom. And in the kingdom of God, there is no lack, there is no sickness, and there is no disease. And I want to help you all to understand something. Honor will attract the favor and spirit of God like nothing else can. Honor will create a space for God to show up and bless you that money cannot buy. See, because in my mind, Jesus heard the honor from Bartimaeus' mouth and said, I don't know who that man is, but you go get him over here because whatever he needs, I've got it. And here's something really fascinating. According to medical research, researchers have shown that people with severe vision impairments can perform better than fully sighted people on hearing tasks and are better able to locate the source of a sound. My God. Something I found out a long time ago in church. Now I know some of y'all like, you're young. Thank you. But something I found out a long time ago in church is that revival, healing, and deliverance are not just an event or something takes place, but it all starts with a sound. I don't even know if Pastor Jeremy said it earlier, but he said desperation has a sound. Y'all ever, y'all ever get around somebody in church and you just, you sitting there and you, were, you thought you were just coming to church. You thought, I'm just going to go to the cafe, get me a caramel frap. I'm going to go sit in the middle, not no near nobody. I ain't going to socialize. I'm not going to get in a small group. I'm not going to go through next steps. I'm just going to buy my own. But then you get around that one person. And that one person has just got a little shout to him today, and you're like, oh, no. Out of the 900 chairs in here, I, I picked this one. You're welcome. Because here's the thing. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you will hear it before you see it. You know what that means for us, Bethesda Church? Is that we will hear breakthrough take place before we see it. 
we will hear the walls fall before we see it take place. That we'll hear the shackles fall off of people before we see them get free. We'll hear the doctor report say, you know, we did one scan 10 days ago when we found something we're a little worried about. We were going to send you to the Mayo Clinic, but now I decided I'm going to bring you back in because I ran another scan. I think they may have mixed it up because what I saw was this big. And then I got this other report and it doesn't make any sense, but I'm pretty sure you're cancer free. The leukemia is gone. The tumors just disappeared. Come on. I'm ready for some people to understand that you will hear a breakthrough before you see it. You know, something funny about this story, I'm a loud person if you couldn't tell, but something funny in this story is the people around Bartimaeus, they told him to be quiet. And when he began to, when he began to cry out to Jesus and the crazy thing is they, it made Bartimaeus only cry out louder. So, you know, Bartimaeus is going, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible says immediately after, many rebuked him, and he said he shouted even louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, I'm going to help y'all. I'm going to help y'all. This one's free, okay? This one's free. When you get around some people like that, and church folk are the worst for this too, man. That's what, that's what kills me. Is If you get around some people that try to shut you up when you're praising God to get a breakthrough, do two things for me. One, go find a new set of friends because they ain't worth your time. And two, you go ahead, honey, and you shout a little bit louder because I'm telling you right now, those people ain't nothing but a stumbling block. And I would rather have three that'll shout with me than 10 that'll stand there and look cute. I don't care if you got Estee Lauder on. I don't care if you got Axe Cologne. I'm looking for some people that say, Jesus, son of David. Have mercy on me. Y'all heard my voice croak right there, didn't you? I did too. So the Greek word here, okay, so we're talking about cry out. The Bible says that Bartimaeus cried out to Jesus. This is something really fascinating. The Greek word to cry out in this passage when you study it out is called krazo. Everybody say krazo. Say it again. Say krazo. Look at your neighbor and say, you're krazo. Now look at your other neighbor and say, you are even crazier. <laughs> That's okay. I didn't say crazy. I said crazo. But this is what crazo stands for. It's a verb to croak as in a raven, to cry out aloud or speak with a loud voice. Crazo does sound like crazy though. I didn't go to Bible school. Just study the word of God. But crazo sounds like crazy to me. But, you know, if I can be honest, I think sometimes you have to shout in such a way that sounds crazy to others. And I think that's why the Bible said his voice croaked as if it was a raven. raven. Do you know how high-pitched birds are? Do you know how crazy a a crow sounds when you're driving past it on the side of the road? Or raven in the middle of the night? They sound freaky. But you know what's crazy? When I think about somebody getting a crazy praise... I think of somebody that's so desperate to get God to move that it says, like, I don't care about my vocal cords. I'll get some throat coat and some tea, and I'll see you in a couple of days. But this is what crazy praise looks like. I don't know how I'm going to make it out of this situation, but I'm going give to bra- give God praise until it breaks loose. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do about this marriage that's falling apart, but I'm going to shout until this thing gets back together. I don't know what I'm going to do about these crazy kids, but I'm going to give God praise until they get back together. Come on, somebody. Oh, don't clap. Listen, I'm the student pastor. I know how your kids are. (laughs) PK. (laughs) I love your kids. They're fearfully and wonderfully made. 
demons slaying, tongue talking, fearfully and wonderfully. But they're crazy. Why do you think I give them goldfish and Fruit Loops a lot? Okay, okay, move on, Jeremiah. You done that. First service, that went over well. This service, y'all mad. See a mass exodus. Kids going to go from about 100 down to 40. My bad. But, you know, if I'm, if I'm thinking about it, though, you know, I said Bartimaeus started shouting in crazo, cried out crazo. Do you realize how loud you have to shout for your voice to creak like that? I mean, it don't take much, but do you realize, like, how much you have to continually shout like that for your, boy, for your voice? Like, I bet somebody down the road was like, what is that bird just hollering? What is that bird doing? No, it's Bartimaeus. But I'm ready for some crazo praise. I'm ready for some cry out aloud, I don't care how I sound or look, praise. I'm ready for the beggars to start shouting until they're delivered. You know, I'm ready for the broken and the hurting to start shouting until they're restored. You know, I'm ready for the sick to start shouting and then they'll be healed. You know, I'm ready for someone to shout so loud that when they shout at the walls, they just kind of crumble in front of them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But, you know, we're, it's funny. We're talking about walls falling down. Talking about shouting. You know, Bartimaeus was at a place called Jericho. And you know, it's funny, back in the Old Testament, around Joshua chapter 6, there's this awesome story about these Israelites, these people, God's chosen people. And they, they just started getting around this city. God said it's yours, and they just marched around it a few times, and they shouted. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's the parallel. Bartimaeus was at Jericho. I'm jumping ahead of myself, but I feel like I need to say this. Bartimaeus was at Jericho and got a breakthrough. The Israelites were at Jericho and they shouted and the walls fell. Don't believe me? All right, follow me. Joshua 1 through 2, this is what it says. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. You know what's crazy? The Bible tells us that the city of Jericho was barred up because of one people, the Israelites, God's chosen people. Not the Ammonites or the Zebukites or the Amorites. I already said Amorites. The other ites, y'all know them. You read your Bible. Wasn't about them. The Bible said it was securely barred because of the Israelites. You know what that tells me? There were some things that are locked up in this world that you were locked away from that only a shout can break loose. Okay. This is what the Bible says. So, so God tells them, Joshua, the city's yours. The leadership is already yours. The resources, the people to defend it, it's all yours. But here's what you have to do, 15 through 16. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. Except on that day, they circled the city seven times. There's a lot of sevens. Y'all bear with me. The seventh time around, because seven means perfection and completion in the word of God. Hello. All right. So when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout for the Lord has given you the city. Verse 20 says, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and then the sound 
sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the walls fell down. They collapsed, so everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. You know what that tells me? That there are some things that praise and worship can only break through. And that tells us that Judah does truly go first because he told the Israelites and the priest, get your trumpet, get your bass, get your guitar, get all of it, get ready, because on the seventh time, on the seventh day, when you march around this place, I'm going to tell you to shout, and I want you to let loose with everything you got. Okay, now when they're done, you people, the army, when they start playing the band, the band starts strumming everything, you go ahead and you shout in such a way that makes everybody feel crazy. You know, I was telling the first service, I would hate to be in Jericho. Could you imagine eating your Chick-fil-A biscuit first thing in the morning? It said it was in the morning. Could you imagine just sitting there eating your Chick-fil-A biscuit, guarding the towers? There's the Israelites again, day seven. You know, they've been at this for a week, marching around, not saying it. They're weird. And all of a sudden, if I'm thinking, and I'm not a biblical scholar, but I've read some stuff, and this is how I interpret it, that I would imagine if I'm a soldier of Jericho, that about at that time, when somebody started to shout, I'd have been like, whoa, what's happening down there? And about that time, I have a feeling the wall started shaking and the ground started moving and tables started flipping over and Chick-fil-A biscuits fell on the ground. Come on, somebody. Listen, I have a feeling that when the shout took place, it wasn't just the Israelites that noticed. Let me go deeper. Because faith is voice activated. Faith without works is dead. We can't say I have faith, like, oh, God, I've got enough faith to move the mountains, but I'm going to sit here in my chair and never do anything for your kingdom. Oh, God, wrong crowd. Because here, here's the problem. Can, can I just preach like a youth pastor for 10 seconds? I didn't say this first service, so this is specifically, like, wrapped in a bowl for y'all. I, I, in my chair, in my seat, a part of this church, I get to see students that are serving. Right now, back in kids, uh, and even around this church right now, I've got some students that are serving right now that have a true heart for serving. You know what's crazy? I can't believe we get a 12-year-old to serve, but I can't get a 42-year-old to, to, to show up 15 minutes early to greet somebody at the door, to help a single mom carry a, a newborn in to help them at kids' check-in. It baffles me. I got a 13-year-old laying hands on a 12-year-old that gets filled with the Holy Spirit, but a 52-year-old just wants to sit there and be like, well, you can't move me young man. It's okay, baby. I ain't going to move you. It's the Holy Ghost that will. I'm just here to deliver a message. It's time to get up off your religious chair. That chair don't belong to you. You're not meant to warm that thing up. You're meant to make room for somebody else. My role in this church, if somebody that's new wants to come sit in my chair, come on in. Have this chair. I'll go somewhere else. You want to have my parking spot? I don't even have a parking spot, but you park where I park. You want my office? Take my office. I got some Bibles and books in there that'll bless you. You want to help me lead kids? Go ahead, honey. I will help you lead kids. You want to know why? Because when you look at this story about blind faith, it's not about sitting and waiting for God to do something. God isn't waiting for just somebody. Oh, no. God is waiting for a generation to stand up and say, you know what, God? This mountain needs moved. And you told me if I speak to it, it's going to move. So you know what? Hypocrisy? Leave. You know what? Religion? Leave. Idolatry? Leave. Gender unification? Leave. Come on, somebody. I feel something breaking in this place. I'm trying to behave. Here's what a shout means in Joshua 6. Ruah. Everybody say Ruah. 
That sounds powerful, don't it? Ruah. Sounds like a war cry, don't it? Here's what Ruah means in the Hebrew. To shout. To shout a war cry or alarm of battle. To signal for march or war. I shout and triumph over enemies. I shout and triumph in general and I shout for joy. You know, something I found really fascinating is that when you read the Bible, the Bible say the walls fell and then the people came in. But some scholars believe that when the walls fell down, they fell down in such a way that they just didn't like walk over the rubble. The bridge, the walls became a bridge into Jericho. You know what that tells you and me? That the very thing that kept the Israelites out became a bridge into what God told them they were going to have. I'm going to help somebody right here. Jericho represents a stronghold. The very thing that's going to, that's trying to tear you down and keep you out is the very thing you're just going to step right over and just step right in. Come on, I wish I had about 50 people in this church that understood the power that when you shout, things do happen. Though they may not happen in your time frame, there's a God that is omnipotent that knows all things, sees all things, knows the beginning from the end. Wasn't worried. Listen, he ain't worried about COVID. He ain't worried about who's in the office. He's not worried about what the climate or the finances looks like. You want to know why? Because God said, when I created this thing, I'm going to end this thing. And guess what? It starts with me. Guess what's going to happen in the middle? Me. Guess where it's going to end with? Me. Because you want to know why? I am the Lord. So here's the thing. Stand on your feet. Come on. Somebody give God a praise. See, Joshua had blind faith. The gates were tall. They were strong. But all it took was a shout from God to tear it down. I don't know what your blind situation, your blind faith situation is, but I do know this. That if Joshua could shout with an army by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the instrument of God and the walls fell down, he'll do it for you. I know that if Bartimaeus couldn't see nothing but said, I hear the sound of healing. I hear revival. I hear the sound of breakthrough. You know what's crazy? I was thinking about this earlier as I was preparing the first thing this morning. Palm Sunday's today. The next, like not long after that, Jesus visited Bartimaeus. He went, you know, crucifixion, Holy Week. I wonder if Bartimaeus heard something in the spirit and just said, you know what? This man carries more than what he's wearing. There is an anointing on him. And you know what? My faith is what's going to heal me. But you know what's even crazier? Your faith is what's going to heal you too. Because he said, I took death, hell, and the grave. Come on, somebody. Because Bartimaeus had blind faith. Here's the issue. I'm getting ready to close this thing out. Here's the issue. We want a sign. And there's times, call it throwing a fleece out. There's times where that happens, where you need to throw a fleece out and say, God, if this is meant to be, this is what I need. And he'll honor that. But there's times where some of us have been sitting for 20 years like, God, if you would just give me a word from my spouse, my marriage would get back together. God, if you ever just help me just get my child near somebody that's a recovering addict, maybe they would just quit doing drugs. Or, or maybe this, maybe, God, if, if I could just get into like a sermon where the pastor preaches what I like and they sing the songs that I like and they wear what I like and the time closes at the time that I like maybe I'll start serving oh God here's the thing that ain't it that ain't it 
faith is voice activated. You want something to change, start talking to it. I'm tired of counseling what we should have cast out two decades ago. Half of you got it. You know what that means? That means I'm tired of dealing with the drug epidemic when somebody should have dealt with it in the 80s. I'm tired of dealing with all of this mess. I got middle schoolers that are battling stuff that I didn't even understand until I'm in 11th grade. To hell with religion and the devil and the spirit that's coming against my children and my spiritual children and my students and my wife. You ain't getting us. You should have killed me when you had a chance. But as for me and my house, I'm going to give God praise because you want to know why? There is something unexpectedly coming out of my spirit in this season. You think a 12-year-old getting filled with the Holy Spirit? Oh, that's cute. No, baby, it ain't. That's called the end of the days. You know what that means? Jesus is coming back soon. You know what that means for you? Get right. You know what that means for the saved? Get plugged in. Because that seat you're sitting in, somebody else should be sitting in it so you can serve them on the way in. Here's a recap. Honor attracts blessings. Faith is voice activated, and you'll hear it before you see it. Now, this morning in prayer, I was in my office, and the Holy Spirit reminded me of something. He said, you need to to operate, speak prophetically. I was like, okay. And he gave me a download. And for you that don't understand, that means that the Holy Spirit just gave me something. There's nothing more to it. What I give you is what he gave me. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. In the labor room, there are cries and shouts of what sounds like pain when you're on the outside. But on the inside of that room where there are shouts and cries that take place is something that is being birthed, something that someone has been waiting on. What others may look like as a shout of pain is actually a declaration of something being birthed. Bethesda Church, it's been prophesied over us by Pastor Ken Wright that we have three different perspectives. Either we're the deliverer, we're the one giving the baby, we're the doctor, we're the one giving the baby, or we are the baby. Princess, the water just broke. You better get ready to shout You better get ready to give God a praise. I'm telling you, there is something shifting and happening right now. And now listen, if you don't want to be a part of it, that's fine. But do me a favor and move out of the way because there's going to be some people that are going to move here in a second with a purpose. Because here's the thing. I've never had kids. Got like eight or nine nieces or nephews. I don't know. There's too many to count. But I've been in the waiting room a couple of times and heard my sister scream in labor sounds awful but you know what's crazy what sounded like pain was actually just my sister saying my child is coming my child is coming what I have had inside of me is getting ready to come out you know what that means for the spirit some things that have been birthed inside of you that you've been waiting on longer than nine months God said I'm getting ready to push that thing out you go ahead and get ready because I'm about ready to push that thing out the Bible said in Matthew 24 oh God that oh Jesus I feel this thing rising up in my spirit Matthew 24 says you will have labor pains but guess what there will be more meaning that God's just not gonna move once God's gonna move again you know all this talk I'm gonna just shut up after this and we're gonna go into something but the Holy Ghost spoke to me right when the election happened 
God, I got a little curious. I'm like, God, when are you going to come back? Everybody's talking about the second coming of Jesus. And I said, I'll be honest. I said, God, I'm not even a dad yet. I want to be a dad one day. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me real calm as if my dad was talking to me. And he said, son, I'm not done yet. And I told pastor that next day, I said, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, he's not done yet. You know what he told me? He said, revival will be our revenge. Guess what's happened? Ten students get filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, God. You thought it was crazy. Revival ain't coming from y'all to them. It's coming from them to y'all. Because Jesus said that those like children shall enter the kingdom of God. So here's what we're going to do. This was powerful. I'm going to read a scripture, two scriptures. Joshua 6, I think 4 through 5. I'm going to explain it. And I'm going to give y'all specific instructions on what to do. If I were you and you're a jumper, I'll go ahead and stretch out them hamstrings. If you got Nikes or Adidas's or Under Armors or whatever, I'd go ahead and tighten them up real quick. If you're one of them crazy praisers that flails your arms, I'd go ahead and just start stretching a little bit. Because I'm telling you, 9 o'clock, something hit. I started running. Erica got off them keys and started running. This place went crazy. So here's what I'm going to read to you. Joshua 6, 4 through 5. Have seven priests carry the trumpets of ram's horn in front of the ark, in front of the glory of God, in front of the presence of God is what that means. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast of trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse, my God, and the army will go up and everyone straight in. You know what this tells me? The praise and worship team led the breakthrough. Judah does go first. There were too many uncomfortable. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to do this by the authority and by grace. So I ain't going to fit nobody. Some of y'all been sitting there that whole service thinking this ain't for me. Honey, if you don't dance now in three weeks, you will. When your kid gives you a migraine and you want to chuck it out the window, you're middle school, not a toddler. Come on. Some of y'all sitting there like, I ain't got no issues. I ain't going to shout. That's fine. It ain't my blessing, but I'll take yours too. I'm ready for some Rua praise. One that declares war and declares battle. And we draw a line and say, devil, you've done come too far. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my kids. You can't have my house. You can't have my job. You can't have my house. You can't have nothing. You tried. Oh, but you failed. I'm ready for some crazy praise. For somebody to shout until their voice gives out. So I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, I want y'all to let loose. I want y'all to let loose. I don't care if your wife's next to you. I don't care if your fiance's next to you. I don't care if the unsafe neighbor is next to you. You get out of your seat. You give God praise. We're going to go in like never before. And you want to know why? Because Joshua told me the praise and worship went first. And when it went first, everything else fell down with it. So, one. Y'all better get ready. I'm telling you, this is a breakthrough moment. This don't happen every Sunday. Y'all best get ready. The religious folk, go ahead and sit down. This ain't for you. But those that want free. One, two, three.
on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Graze or praise, rule or praise, break it down. Break it down. Nah, 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 keep going, keep going, keep going. Drive that home, baby, drive that home. What you don't understand, your praise is what's gonna help your kids get free that aren't even here yet. What you don't understand, my God, I feel this. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh my God. Listen, I got four people that are jumping up and down and the rest of y'all just sitting here like, well, I guess that'll be fine. Excuse them while they get a breakthrough. If you need a breakthrough, I want y'all to clap your hands as if the drug dealer of your family is gonna come home and put the needle down. That that child, that's a product. My God, go Mike. That prodigal's coming home, but you're the only one that can shout to let it loose. God don't even got a voice in him. service but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it this time listen if you got a if you're a prayer team member go ahead and get in place if you jumping and dancing go ahead and do it while you're there go ahead uh, each side if you don't mind yeah that right there that right there no 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 keep doing that that's fine I like that right there here's the thing oh god I'm gonna ask a very open question 
if you need a breakthrough, and I'm not talking about you and your spouse fight or your, ten, your kid going through some teen hormonal issues. I'm talking about a breakthrough. Like if God don't show up, you ain't get nothing paid, ain't nothing gonna change. You're gonna be sleeping by yourself and your spouse on the couch type of breakthrough. If you need that breakthrough, raise your hand real high. I mean real high. Come on, raise it high. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Raise it high. My God, raise them high. Raise them high. Here's what I want y'all to do. I feel impressed. I don't know who this is for, but the Bible says that where there's oil, you don't stop going. The Bible tells us there's this story that the oil just kept coming and they kept having these jars. And eventually when the jars ran out, that meant the oil left. I don't know who this is for, but you need to keep coming because there's oil. Don't keep coming because somebody ran their mouth. You keep coming because there's oil. It wasn't for everybody, it was for the handful. If you had your hand raised for a breakthrough, I want y'all to come find a prayer team member right now. Get out of your seat, don't worry about nobody. This is the moment you've been waiting for. This is the moment of breakthrough. Your walls are coming down. Bartimaeus said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, and something happened. And at this moment, some of y'all need to shout at the wall that's in front of you. Remember, more hands that went up. I'm better than that. Come on. People on the left and in the right. Can I be honest? Go quiet. This is crazy. I can't. This has to be God because this doesn't make any sense. Go real quiet. I feel like there's a mother in this place. Now, y'all look at me. This sounds crazy. The Holy Ghost just hit me and said, there's a mother in this place, a mother that has been waiting to let it all out, to shout because she can't take it no more. There's a mother, I don't know if you're a single mother, I don't know if you're divorced, I don't know nothing, but the Holy Ghost just hit me and said, there was a mother in this place that has been waiting for a moment like this to shout where you can't be judged. I'm gonna count to three. And if that's you, I don't care if it's a hundred mothers, if it's one mother, it don't matter. But I want you to let loose if you need a breakthrough and you're a mother on the count of three. And we're going to go back in. One, two, don't you miss this moment, mama. On three, go on the mothers that need a breakthrough. Walls fall down, walls fall down. Walls fall down when I praise Him. Walls fall down, walls fall down, walls fall down when I praise Him. Walls fall down, walls fall down, walls fall down when I praise Him. Walls fall down, walls fall down, walls fall down when I praise Him. We're almost through. If you need prayer for healing, physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever it is, come up here and find somebody. I got all these people lined up. They're here to pray for you, not here for me. You go find one of them and you let them pray for you. The same power that is on this stage, 
message that our pastor carries every Sunday has been transferred to these people. If you need healing, come on up. I'm telling you, this is the type of thing where you walk out with a brace in your hand. Like this is the thing where like your bones were shifted and then you go to the doctor and they say, it's in place, I can't understand it. This is that kind of moment. If you need a healing, find somebody. Some of y'all sitting here be like, I came to Palm Sunday so I could check this off the list so I could come to Easter and that's it for the year. Honey, you just stepped into an overflow of the glory of God. God, I feel the spirit of prophecy. I gotta hurry. something wrong like a like a tumor anybody in here got a, I feel like that anybody got like something like an abscess or something like that that showed up on a scan and like if that's you like you got something the doctor says I gotta look at that again not necessarily can't anybody in here I feel like there's at least one person anybody have a family I know I listen I don't make this stuff up I know for a fact who where at back there hey y'all come on, on up here Don and Devin is that you is there another person? Austin, you tell me, if that's you, come up here. Come up here. If you're the other person, come up here. In four months? Tumor behind her eye. And a tumor in your chest? What is it? A lymph node. Oh God. I've never done this before, so this seems crazy to me. Blind faith. This specifically out of everything, God just said the word tumor. But I felt like what the Lord spoke to me, God helped me to be under the submission of the Holy Spirit. But I felt as if I just saw this tumor and the word tumor just shrinked till I couldn't even see it anymore. So I declare by the power of the Holy Spirit that God, what no man could do, what no doctor could do, that what no treatment can do, Jehovah Rapha would do in the name of Jesus. I declare healing in the name of Jesus right now from the top of her head to the soles of her, that's it, receive in the name of Jesus. Is that okay, Pastor Josh? I love you. Thank you. Anybody? Maybe.
Maybe it's just because I've seen kids get filled with the Holy Ghost like crazy that I just feel. Anybody want to get filled with the Holy Spirit? Anybody like, I'm talking like a boldness. Like I'm talking like you legit, like you feel that stirring. Like if you want to get filled with the Holy Spirit, would you just find a team member right now? Like I'm really trying to close this, but I just keep getting this stuff. Like this isn't me, I promise you. And I'm trying to be respectful. Listen, if you want to get filled, there are plenty of people around this place to help you get filled. It's a gift, and God gave it for you and to you to use on this earth. Listen, I don't need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. I need it to deal with everybody else. Come on, somebody. So listen, if you want to get filled with the Holy Ghost, find one of these prayer team members. The most important altar call of the day. Salvation. don't know Jesus I'm about, we're about to welcome you in to the kingdom of heaven I'm telling you being a Christian in this day and age is a tough thing but I'd rather suffer for a few more years and have eternity to glorify with God and thank him for it than try to live like the world for the rest of this time here and miss it listen bow your head and close your eyes wherever you're at wherever you're at prayer team you can keep yours open keep yours open but listen, if you're, if you're sitting there and you say, I, I need to get into a relationship with Jesus. If he came back right now or came back on the way home, I don't even know if I would go to heaven. If that's you, will you just slip your hand up wherever you're at? Just slip your hand up real high so I can see it. Okay. Glory to God, we'll take it. I want everybody to repeat after me. Everybody say, Dear Jesus, I ask that you forgive me for all of my sins. I ask that you cleanse me and make me new. I repent of my sins. I make you the Lord of my life. Jesus, save me and change me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give a God a hand clap of praise. One more. I promise y'all, I, I promise y'all. Like, I know y'all, like, just get off the stage. Bradley's hands are calloused. Can I? Hey, pastors, Ashley and Jeremy, would you, would you be next to PK for one second? Just go stand on her right and her left. I feel like speaking something over the house. And let me help you all understand something about a church. Is whatever comes to and through the house has to happen to our pastors first. It's the way the glory is the anointing oil came off of Aaron's beard from the top down. And I feel like just speaking something over this house activation is the word that God just keeps giving me and I don't know I don't even pastor's probably preaching right now pastor I don't even know if you're on here or if you'll be watching later but I'm gonna speak as if you were PK's in the room y'all just stretch your hands forward I just I'm doing this I'm getting out of the way we're going into one last song and then y'all can go I feel as if in this season there is an activation that is going to be taking place 
And this activation is gonna be like a light switch or a power button. It's not gonna take much, just the push of a button or the flip of the switch or something very simple like that. But I feel as if what, what you have held on to for years and decades, God's gonna flip on the switch. And during this activation, cause the current comes from a generator because everything comes from a source. So when the activation takes place, when you, when you power on and it comes from the spirit of God, there is gonna be a light, a glory, an anointing that shone so bright that all them prophecies for the last 10 years, they weren't just to get everybody up, up and running. Light shines darkest or brightest in the dark. In a dark world, Bethesda Church, we are the city on a hill. So here's what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to stand in agreement with me over as I, as I speak over this house and over our pastors. God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for this opportunity, God, to be in your house, to be worshiping with your people. God, I pray right now by the house, oh God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that God, this house, this house, you wouldn't just show up, but you would take full residence. That during small groups that meet here, the glory of God would take place. That God, even during worship rehearsals, Lord, they would have to stop playing instruments and sit in the presence of God. Lord, I pray during our staff meetings during the week that God, your presence would just manifest in such a way. God, as I pray that we enter, and I declare this, the most fruitful season, Bethesda Church, White Sulphur Church of God, whatever you wanna call it, has ever seen as we get ready to walk in it. God, I declare a specific activization anointing upon our pastors, that God, wherever Pastor Chad is at this moment, the glory, the Shekinah glory of God would fall upon him right now. That Lord, he would begin to operate and get wisdom that some men in their 80s that have been pastoring for 60 years don't have. But God, you would give him vision. God, you would give him clarity. God, not just for five years, but for 50 years. God, that there would be such an anointing that comes upon him that people from out of state say, I heard about this man named Chad Dingus and this revival that broke out of Bethesda Church. I wonder if he'll pray over me. And then I pray right now over our first lady, the angel of the house, Pastor Karen, that Lord, all the hell that she has gone through, what the enemy meant to kill her, God, I declare a full divine healing right now by the power of the Holy Ghost, that Lord, what the enemy tried to create timidity in, God, you would create boldness, that when she walks in, when she sees something out of alignment in the spirit, all she would have to do is say the word go and demons flee, that when she says in Jesus' name, things begin to be healed. What was prophesied over you in 18 and 19 I pray would come back to your remembrance right now that the word of God that is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path and creates a space for you to operate in that an anointing would come upon you like never before that a spiritual motherhood would 
fall on her, Father God. That, Lord, not that thousands of people would come flock just to get her attention, but, God, you would send her three people to be poured into, to be sent out one day to operate in the same anointing, this last day anointing that you have for our pastors. I pray over their family, and I declare over their family abundant blessing prosperity and favor that everywhere that they would walk would become their territory that everything they lay their hands on shall be blessed that lord when they walk in the room the devil says i gotta go when the time they get up in the morning and their feet hit the ground the devil says not again but i pray by the power and the anointing of the holy ghost that lord a new birth hey oh god that there's something be careful i say this church people cry that whatever the spirit has impregnated you with would come into pass and the pain that you feel is what is going to birth your next blessing i declare over bethesda church that we wouldn't just be a house of healing or a hospital for the sick not just on Sundays, but Monday through Sunday, that we wouldn't take a time off. We wouldn't even have to show up, that people drive on the parking lot and say, I just need to get to that place because there's something about this place that just makes me feel different. I got to get to this place because there's just something about it. When I get on the presence in God, I just, I can't explain it. You know, I I don't know who it is, but somebody's going to drive on this lot one day and and it's been prophesied they're going to step onto the ground and they'll be healed. But I think there's going to come a day where we're going to get a phone call in the middle of the work week and somebody said, hey, I just came to get prayer, but I stepped out of the car and I don't need prayer anymore because I just got healed from whatever it was. So I declare an, an, an activization anointing. Activization anointing would fall. Would be activated in our kids and our youth and the aunts, the uncles, the parents, the grandparents those who are raising the children, foster parents. I declare by the power of the Holy Spirit that what is to come will be greater than anything we've ever seen or dreamed about. The resources this church is going to have one day and is currently connecting that you cannot see for you and your family, for our pastors, the financial resources, everything. Oh, God, if you could only see. But it all starts with you. Pastor said it best last week. Anything we want to see happen in our church and in our family starts with us. So, God, I pray you would bless your people keep them safe, that no disease, no plague would come near their tent, that God, everything their hands touch would be blessed, that Lord, they would walk in the manifestation of the presence of God, that Lord, when they wake up to the time they go to sleep, they would just be basking in the glory of God, that Lord, they would operate in such an anointing that would only be activated by your words. Lord, I pray pray that those who are hungry would be filled, that those who are broken would be healed. God, those who were lost were to be found. The prodigals would come home, Father. Lord, I pray that whatever the devil tried to take, you would give it back sevenfold, whatever that looks like. God, I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that God, when we come together online on Friday, your presence would hit every home that this service has showed in. That God, that whenever Easter Sunday rolls around at the 8.30, the 10, and the 11.30, that God, your presence would make known to all men that, Father, Lord, the seats wouldn't just be filled, but hearts would be filled and spirits would be filled and minds would be filled. God, we thank you in advance.
for what you're gonna do. worship song and I want you to I want you to give it everything you got and when they when Jesus made the triumphant entry in Jerusalem they said Hosanna 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 you know the, the most times I ever feel the presence of God is when I'm just calling him out by his name and I just talk about him to say holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come I don't know what that looks like for you. But can we just give God 10 more seconds of praise? When we're done with that, I want y'all just to open your hearts and your minds. We're going to go into worship. Come on. If God ever did something in your life and made a way, saved you, delivered you, healed you, I want you to lose your mind for 10 seconds and give God praise for what is to come. God, I pray you would bless these people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bethesda Church Podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting bethesdachurch.tv give. We will catch you on the next episode.